The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the first broadcast of the new year, 2023. Here it is already. I hope everybody had a great holiday season. I'm excited about a new year always. It's like a blank slate, a fresh canvas, but still building on the successes and the happiness of the past. I love that I have a whole slate of guests lined up already to talk about our favorite subjects, which would include the afterlife, energetic healing, connecting with those across the veil, number one, and of course, always learning who we are and living the awakened way. When I say living, learning who we are, I'm talking about principle number one of the awakened way that I teach, which is you are not only human. So if you're not only human, what are you? You're also a soul and we're already connected to all other souls everywhere, right here, right now, which is why any of us can communicate with loved ones who have passed and with our guides, the angels. Number two principle of the awakened way, you are part of one big web connecting all that is. And our guest today knows that and is going to share some amazing stories to show that. And the third principle of the awakened way is that the creative and healing force of the universe is love. Love being lack of separation. And you come to know that we are interconnected with all that is through moments of silence, through moments of setting the story aside. And yet we learn and grow through our stories. So our storyteller today, sharing the story of her life and what has happened, how she has grown through some of the ups and downs of life is Cindy Bohart, a shining light mom. You'll understand that term as we go along, who I would like to introduce to you now. Welcome to the show, Cindy. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. It is great to be here. Now, I came to know you through the organization Helping Parents Heal and a Facebook group that you're part of, but mostly I came to know you through your association with Helping Parents Heal because you are a shining light mom. You want to tell people what that is? Yeah. So uh, when we refer to it as the club, so those of us who have a child who has passed earlier than we would have preferred. And being a shining light parent is taking a little bit different path than one of heavy grief. So I know that for other parents out there that have gone or have started that journey, it can be very frightening. It can be very heavy, very, very sad. And shining light parents essentially take the path of what can we do 
to change from a point of heavy grief to one of um, renewal and how can we help others in their journey as well. So it doesn't mean that, that we don't feel grief, doesn't mean that we don't feel sad, um, but we try to take that to, to, to transform. I think yeah. that's the best way I like to use. Yeah, and one of the ways that we do that is by understanding and acknowledging that our children and any loved ones who have passed are still right here. Yes. So we're not making light of this at all because I, my stepdaughter Susan is across the veil and I'd like you to share with us your story. And it, 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 these stories always get a little heavy, but this show is messages of hope. So it is also filled with the hope that some of the stories you will share will bring us to that awareness that love never dies. So why don't you tell us how you came to be on this show today? Great. So about three years, a little over three years ago, um, my son Joshua, who was 20 at the time, um, passed on um, in a tragic car accident, single car accident. And um, like anyone who loses someone, um, abrupt changes. And um, you spiral into a place where nothing looks the same. And also, if you would have asked me three and a half years ago, what I thought of the afterlife, what I thought of spirit, although I've always been a very spiritual person, I would have said, well, you know, I don't know. I don't believe in, in um, uh, talking with spirits. I don't believe in communication. Um, so that was, that was a big surprise for me because within a couple of days after my son's passing, um, he was clearly communicating with me in very humorous, very um, interesting ways that uh, essentially reflected who he was as a person when he was here. Um, and like anyone who was a skeptic, you start to ask the question, am I crazy? Um, and as you ask that, right? And as you ask that question and you continue to get evidence of the answer, no, you are not crazy. At some point, you first make a choice to believe. And that's what I would share with anyone, whether you're a, a parent or you've lost another family member or friend. First is that choice to believe. And then you make the next step of the journey. And that's just a knowing. Um, by let's, a variety let's talk of about that Let's talk about that for a second. I love that you said you make a choice to believe because so many people just immediately said, well, that is crazy and I'm not going to pay attention. And so then you don't notice what follows. If you make that choice that, okay, I'm going to at least be open to this, then the incidents, the signs, the synchronicities, the messages just start adding up as they yeah. did for you. Yeah. And I think one of the best ways to reflect that it was, um, the week after his passing and we were getting ready for his celebration of life. And we also did, he, um, he passed in a car accident. He, his car struck a tree. And so part of the celebration of life was a community walk to the tree. And the idea was to release grief from that spot. So there was a young lady that um, he cared about when he was still in, in here in human form. And as I was getting ready to go to the celebration of life, I was having a conversation with my son and, and you know, just asking him to please be with me that day. And a variety of very interesting communications came through, very humorous things that I won't go into great detail, I actually do in the book um, that I wrote. So, um, but I suddenly had an understanding and the best way to describe it is if we reflect on memories we have had ourselves, and you can almost get a sort of a movie of something you've done in the past. Like let's say reflect on Christmas or, or New Year's that we just had. 
when it's coming from outside, when it's coming from spirit, it's as if you're seeing that same movie, but it's not one you lived before. It's coming from somewhere else, right? No, yep. It's not a memory. It's fresh. It's fresh. It's almost kind of like a quick download. So as I'm getting ready to go. Okay. I'll acknowledge that Cindy keeps her, her video keeps freezing here. So we'll just put up with this because there's, she has a lot to share. Cindy, you're freezing on me. So we're just going to wait for you to come back. Okay. Well, still for, are we there here? Give it a try. Okay. Go for it. Okay. All right. So are you're going to a celebration of life and you're seeing a movie yeah. in your mind's eye. Okay. Right. Right. Going to the celebration of life. And um, hopefully you can hear me now. If you can give me a thumbs up, if you can hear me. Okay. Okay, great. Um, and I suddenly understand from Joshua that he wants me to, to give a message to this young lady that he cared about when he was still here in, in human form. And I said to myself, am I crazy? This is ridiculous, but okay, I'll give this message to her. So flash forward a couple hours, we're at the celebration of life. Young lady comes up to me and we're talking and I give her the message. And suddenly she grabs me by the forearms, looks me directly in the face and says, you're not crazy. I'm supposed to tell you that. <laughs> and shivers, okay. Wow. And within the week that followed, her father, who had transitioned earlier that year, actually started dropping in with me and sharing information with me to share with her. Things that I could not have known about his favorite ice cream and how they used to go get ice cream together. And I told her and, and I said, you're going to think I'm crazy. And she looked at me and she said, again, I don't think you're crazy. Yeah. So it's those beautiful moments that make you realize how connected we all are. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. And and you you said you don't want to be known or announced that you're a medium, but you are wide open. You are yeah. wide open. And uh, yeah. And just keep developing that. There's no doubt that, you know, when you're ready to hang out a shing shingle, the spirit world will be there for you. But I love that. Those in spirit can see when somebody will be able to sense them. So that dad saw you. Yes. That's very cool. Isn't so there you are. That's one week after you pass. The celebration of life can be just uh, traumatic and most people can't even focus, but you're already talking to him. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, it's just, it was pretty amazing. Um, you know, in, in the three years that's, that's passed since then, he continually looks for amazing ways to step in. As a matter of fact, if I might share a story, um, he'll we bring love up the stories. <laughs> so I love the stories. Oh, good, 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 good. So these these are beautiful. And, and each one has, it, it's the best word I can use is the essence of who he was. So I, I would want to share with everyone, if they're a humorous individual while they're here, guess what? They're still very, very humorous, even more so because now they're free of any of the worries that they had here and they just have so much fun. So if I could just interrupt, Cindy, this is uh, yet another way that we know that this is not our imagination. Uh, and that's, that you wouldn't have thought to bring through things in the way that they come to you. It's fresh and imaginative and creative. So you're not just pulling data out of the air. This is real time, interactive conversation. Yeah. It so. is. And, and, and I'll share a, a couple. So one 
is my favorite story and how how deep and creative they can get. So when Josh was here, um, I have a very good friend, um, my partner in life now, Tony. When the boys, when my boys were very little, when Josh was very little, um, we took him and a bunch of his friends to play miniature golf. And there were a variety of colored golf balls and, and I chose to take the white one. My partner, Tony said, he said, well, why did you take the white one? And I said, because I want to give the, the kids to, I want them to have all the colored ones. And so he had coined the phrase, taking the white golf ball to mean someone who lets others take before they do. So it's kind of a more of a selfless person. So now flash forward 12 years later, um, Tony and I had gone our separate ways. Well, we reconnected shortly after Josh passed. Mm -hmm. And I was walking around the lake with Tony and walked down to the shore. And as I got down near the shore, guess what I found? A white golf ball. And now flash forward three years later, I have a bucket of 35 white golf balls that all seem to show up whenever Tony and I were together. Huh. And so interestingly enough, Wait, um, may, may I ask, was yeah. there a golf course near the lake? No. Oh, that's key right there. <laughs> Absolutely. And then even, even my ex-husband, Josh's dad started finding white golf balls in interesting places. He got lost on a hike one time and out in the middle of the woods, found three golf balls leading toward the path. Wow. And then on Josh's yeah. angelversary, we call this an angelversary, the annual date of their passing. I asked him, I said, okay, we're going to go to the tree where he had his accident. And I said, we're going to go to the tree today. I want a sign, but let's step it up from a golf ball. Guess what he left there? A white baseball. Really? Really? It went up a sign. <laughs> so it's these, these yeah. interesting little things that, that, yeah that show up that are just, you know, amazing. And that's that story to, to believe the places that last three years. It's just, it's crazy. It's absolutely amazing. So, yeah. And we use the words like crazy and, and that's just the vernacular. We know it's not crazy and we know it's not, uh, no, it's not silly and it's absolutely just one of the wondrous ways that those across the veil show that they're here. You had another one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've got so many. So, <laughs> so you'll have to stop me. I just, no. I'd love to share with others who, who are asking the question if they're, you know, if, if they're a little, you know, if, number one, if their, their loved ones are out there. Number two, if the things that they're seeing are real or not. So again, Andy, who's Josh's dad, we started playing this little game where I'll meditate and I'll talk to Josh and I'll say, tell me what your dad's doing. Oh, that's the game I play all the time. Yeah, yeah. Guess who I got the idea from? So we started and Josh said, I like this game. And so one day meditating and Josh showed me a giant pearl. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. And so I thought, well, maybe Andy bought his wife some jewelry or something. So I texted Andy and I said, why is Josh showing me a giant pearl? And he laughed and he wrote back and he showed me a picture. He was playing a computer game. And in the computer game, this character was standing in a room with a giant white pearl. Way to and go, so I, Josh. Way to yes, go, Cindy, for getting the yeah, message. I said, I said, okay, well, now why is he showing me a big giant red gem? It's like a glowing red ball. And he goes, no, nah, nah, strike out on that one. Mm -mm. He texted me about 15 minutes later. It was further on in the game that was the red jewel. And so that was proof to us. And this happens all the time, that not only are they present here, they're present in the future. Yeah. You know, we talk about... Right, no concept of time where they're at, 
So they can do this amazing forward, backward. And so we love playing that game because it's always very interesting to see what he's going to come up with and show us. So, yep. And once again, shows that you weren't reading Andy's mind that, that Josh saw that's what's coming up in yeah. what he's looking at. That's beautiful. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so anybody listening, don't be afraid to ask your loved ones, put them to the test. They love to play this game. Tell me something going on with so-and-so in our life that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And Cindy did exactly what I teach people to do. You just quiet your mind and you just notice the first thing that arises that's not in your mind and you just trust. Yeah. Absolutely. And we just had a, we had a recent one. I was out walking the dog and again, please stop me. I just have so many stories to share, but I walking the dog the other day and was actually chatting with Andy on the phone. And we were talking about how often things with Josh come in threes. We're not sure why, but we see patterns in threes. As a matter of fact, he was born in the third month of the year. The month that he died was a factor of three. Um, the date a palindrome, all factors of three. So we're not really sure what's behind that. Hmm. But I had turned to the side and I was looking at some trees that were off to the side. And as I'm talking and I said, yeah, I don't know what it is about three. I turned back toward the road and three deer are standing right in front of me. And deer are very, very, um, um, very specific to our story as well. And so the fact that I saw that and I just went, okay, Josh, way to pull that one up. All right. You knocked that one out of the park. Um, nice. But it's just, little things like that where they just, you know, make things happen. And, you know, I, I asked Josh once, I said, well, how do you do that? Because I don't, I don't necessarily think that our loved ones manifest things. And he immediately downloaded to me, oh my gosh, mom, it, it is so difficult sometimes to line these things up. <laughs> they show me like pulling puppet strings. Sometimes. Yes. 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 Um, as a matter of fact, a great story to illustrate that um, Andy and, and his wife recently were moving out of state and um, apparently they were about an hour out from their new home. And Andy said, hey, Josh, are you with us today? Are you traveling with us? And he immediately heard, look behind you. Oh, wow. And Josh was a huge lover of 80s movies. He loved the, the movie Back to the Future. And so the DeLorean car was a very, big, very big thing to him. He had models and all sorts of stuff. So Andy looks in his rearview mirror. Guess what's following them? Outstanding. That is fantastic. And it gets even better. They get to their new home. Their yeah, I just got to stop a second yeah. and, and give Andy credit for talking to him, asking the question, and getting the answer. Yes. And following through, looking. See? It's you've got to cooperate. Yeah. So, okay. They get to their home. So they get to their home and it's of course full of boxes um, that they've got to unpack. Andy goes to a box, goes to open one and it ends up being one of Josh's boxes from his room. Okay. And guess what's sitting very like on the very top of the box when he opens it, one of the model DeLoreans. Ooh, goosebumps. That happens every show. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Ending. Yeah. 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 Well, Cindy, you mentioned that, one of the stories you told is in your book. This is a copy of the book. Let me go full screen here so everybody can see it nice and clearly. Cindy's new book. Congratulations, Cindy, on writing this, The Navigator. I'd love for you to tell everybody what the title means in relation to the story. Fantastic. So it. I had asked Josh, actually, I'd had a couple different titles for it. And when he was present here on Earth, um, he actually did a lot of videography and films for um, local bands. 
and he wanted to be a director while he was uh, here on Earth. And it, it somehow didn't sound right to title it the director because we constantly feel as though he's guiding us and, and kind of leading us where we need to go. And the navigator felt right. And what was really interesting is as soon as I understood that that was the title, I sent it off to Andy and I said, hey, I think that this is what he wants. Andy sent me back a photo that he had um, somewhere in his office when Josh was little and he had taken him on a trip somewhere. And Josh was standing on this big, I don't know what you call it, kind of marble area that had a huge uh, rose compass. And he was standing directly in the center. Oh, so went, man. And I don't know if anybody can see it, but right there, in, see, it's very soft. You have the, the compass yeah. rose. There it the is. Rose, yeah. yeah. Compass rose. Yeah, I said it. I said it incorrectly. And I think one of the things, some see it and some don't. Um, at the top of the cover of the book, you see a cloud formation. Yeah. And it's a profile of Josh. And actually, when you look at it, you can see the glasses and he's kind of looking to the side. Some see the some see it when they look at the clouds. Others don't. So you know, Cindy, I don't know what it is about me, but I'm one of those people that people send me emails all the time. Look at this photo. Look at these clouds. 90% of the time I don't see it and I don't see it here. So people are going to have to get the book and we'll do a survey. We'll do a survey. <laughs> How here's many people it. see it? Yeah. So yeah, he, uh, it, what I'll do, Suzanne, I'll send you a copy with the exact profile, the side okay. picture. Good. So I mean, it was one month. <laughs> yeah, it was one month to the day of his passing, and I was downstairs having coffee, and I suddenly understood I was supposed to go upstairs. Don't know why. Outside of my bedroom window, I can see a, a gorgeous view of the sunset or sunrise, rather. So I went up, and I'm like, I don't know why I'm supposed to be up here. So I just decided to watch the sunrise, and within a two-minute period, the clouds started swirling ended up creating that image and then within seconds changed and went back to being normal clouds. And I caught the progression. Um, like every 10 seconds, I took a photo as it built and I'm looking at it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you can see the ear and the glasses and the nose. Wow. And um, cool. so to me, it, it made sense that that, that had to be oh, the right. Photo. I got it. I got it. Got it? Okay. <laughs> All of a sudden it's like one of those 3d pictures. You just have to look at it the right way and then it pops. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I see. Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. I see the arm on the glasses and then the hair and the ear. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. One month to the day after he passed. Yeah. Very cool. And it was when I was watching it, I got one of what I refer to as the downloads from him. And it was actually quite a quite a download about duality and, and our, our purpose here way too much to talk about today, but um, he also said to me, mom, you've got work to do. And he said, a tra tragedy without growth is just a tragedy. And so huh. that's been my mantra. I stick with that because it's like, yep, 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 yep. And so, you know, ensuring, and if I might share, share another story for those moms out there will appreciate this. So when, when we lose it, when we lose a child, I think our, our motherly instinct almost goes into overdrive. We become hyper-protective about everything that was theirs. We, we feel like we have to do all these things that we never did. And because he lost his life at a tree, that tree became a center um, of gathering. And, and interestingly enough, the route that I would do my morning run went right by that tree. So every day I would go by that tree. 
and interesting idea to go out and sprinkle poppy seeds, uh, orange poppy seeds out there. It's our, our um, state flower here in California. And for those who, who, are, who know California, it's also very dry in the summer. And at this particular location, there wasn't a lot of resource. So <laughs> I got a little nuts. And I went out and every time I ran by, I sprinkled more seeds, waited till cars went by and I sprinkled the seeds and then would drive out there at 10, 10 p.m. at night with jugs of water. Oh, no. water. Yeah, this yeah. is how weird I got. And because I decided I was going to I was going to have some flowers sprout there. Well, after a while, you think I can only drive out with the water so many times. I can only do that so many times. And so I said, I think it's time for me just to put that down. Well, as spring came around that next year, some little green sproutlings came up, but nothing ever really happened. It was a couple of days before Mother's Day, and I was running by as I got near the tree. And keep in mind, by this time, all the other little sproutlings had kind of withered by that time. I'm looking at the tree as I'm coming up, and what do I see? A single orange poppy flower right in front of the tree underneath a memorial plaque we had. I just... I was in shock and I went and I looked, I'm, oh my gosh. You mean even flowered? Oh, it was big orange flower. Oh my gosh. One single. I started oh, crying. It was just, oh yeah. And I went, wow. And then when I, when I ran by that next morning, um, all the petals had dropped, which didn't surprise me because nothing else could bloom. And so I picked up the petals and I preserved them. But when something like that happens and you just think, you know, there is, there is no other explanation for that. Wow. And interestingly enough, the flower started in an area where I had not actually dropped the seeds. So obviously the wind, right, would blow, but they had a little help. Um, and so things like that are, are incredibly special. Um, wow. Yeah. Now, I know I did a reading for Josh's dad, Andy. That's how I first mm -hmm. came to know Josh before I even met you. Mm -hmm. And we had a really good connection. He's a very strong communicator. Yeah. You in your book talk about interactions with several mediums and, and I've really impressive stuff, really good evidence that they got. So tell me about working with mediums, even when you already knew Josh is still with you. Did that change anything for you or just expand or what was your experience? Well, what I discovered was, you know, every medium has something a little bit different because usually I would depend on Josh. They connect me with who I need to see next. And just like people when we're here, right, we resonate with some people more than others, you know, whether through business or friendships or what have you. And each person can bring something a little bit different. You may only have one hit from a medium. Or you might not even have anything, but that's okay. Um, and each person who I met with had a little bit of a different aspect from Josh's personality. Um, and you know, when we, you know, and, and we, Andy and I had actually um, both met with you at, at another time, and you picked up one aspect of what, how he would have been feeling when he was driving in the car seconds before he lost control mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, yes, that's Josh, the very first medium that we had ever met with, it was back at a time, and I talk about it in the book, where you have to check yourself, like, what am I doing? You know, I'm going to see a meeting. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. Right? What am I doing? And, you know, the the gal that we, we met with, just the things she brought through were life-changing. 
You want to give us an example or two? Oh, absolutely. Um, One of my favorites is shortly, I'm a huge backpacker. Yeah, I just thought of my favorite one from the book. So if you don't tell it at some point, I'm going to ask you to tell it. Okay. Um, So I'm a huge backpacker. My my place, my heaven on earth is is out in the woods. And it was um, about a month after Josh passed. It was actually almost exactly a month and heading toward my 49th birthday. And my brother and one of my nephews said, come on, we're going to, we're going to go hike. And it was, we were going to hike up to a place that is actually a very spiritual place to me. And someplace I would have loved to take Josh while he was here, but he hated hiking. He was not, really? Really? He did not like it. Huh. He was more of the cerebral kind of guy. I like to be behind a computer. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm driving. It's about a four hour drive um, to get there. And it was a very emotional drive. And as I neared, um, Yosemite. Um, ah, sure. Yeah. yeah. And where I naturally, I always feel that rush. Well, suddenly it's the best way to describe it is just chills yet. You can actually feel energy against your skin. First it comes and it's someone standing right next to you. And then I got a crystal clear image of Josh sitting in the rider side seat next to me to the point where I had to kind of grip the steering wheel. And, oh my gosh. And was this objective with your eyes? You could see him. Um, it was like, not in the way you mean, not like I'm seeing you now. In my mind, but it's like, I could almost see it when I looked over there. I had to pull over at the side of the highway mm. because it was so amazing. And I said, oh my God, Josh, you're here. You're here. Yeah. How are you here? And he said, well, I always told you I'd go with you again someday. So let's do this. And that that trip, just so many amazing knock it out of the park things occurred. Um, too many to even list or talk about. I, I do capture most of them in the book. Yeah, but you got to give us at least one because we don't just say amazing. We tell amazing. <laughs> we tell it. So, um, so first I'll tell you about when we saw that medium, we saw her, um, gosh, it was about three weeks after that. And she reco- recounted what happened in the car while I was with him. I had told no one, I no one that. that. So she validated, she's what your she son is saying that he was with you in the car. He was the there. Yeah. And, you know, first she said, you're driving down a long, a long highway and you've been there in the car for a long time. And immediately I knew, but so, so one of the knock it out of the park. Things. So it had just been my 49th birthday and I woke up in the middle of the night, it was probably 12 degrees outside. And, my, and I'm, here I am in my tent. Oh, and really? Granted. You're, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was very cold. It was October. <laughs> it was very cold. And I'm just kind of fumbling. It was a full moon. So I could I could sort of have some light in the tent. I was fumbling for my phone to see what time it was. I got my phone and it, it comes on and it's the calculator is, is kind of active. I have no idea why I don't normally use a calculator on my phone, but it had the number 49. Oh, and I went, well, that, like that's birthday. strange. <laughs> yeah. And I went, that's strange. It's my birthday. And so from that point on 49 became Josh's calling card. It could be middle of summer and I'm in the car and suddenly it'll flash 49 degrees. Um, <laughs> that number, that number has been everywhere and anywhere um funniest stories around it and that became that became his calling card and just 
just a beautiful, just a beautiful thing he does. And sometimes when I think, are we done with that one? I'll do something funny or I'll look at, at a clock and it'll be 10.49 or 8.49 or he just brings it out in the weirdest places. But um, yeah. I love it. Reflecting on that. So the story that just cracked me up when I said, whoa, that's a good medium there that you tell in your book is about the medium who talked about seeing a special ritual between Josh and his dad when they were working together. Oh, they were working. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think the listeners might really enjoy this one. Oh, I know they will. <laughs> uh, yeah. That one is, that one is pretty quite amazing. So, um, yeah. Is it okay if I say the medium's name? Are you comfortable with that? Or would you rather I didn't? You, go for it. I got, yeah. yeah. Um, so Kat Bailey, who has become a, a very good friend of our family. So this was the first time we, we, um, aunt, my ex-husband Andy had had a reading with her. And so Josh worked with his dad while he was here. Um, his dad is, is a co-owner in a company. And every morning at work, they were both very groggy types in the morning. And instead of saying good morning to each other, they would essentially flip each other off, kind of give them, if that's the story you're talking about. It is. I mean, I, it, flip each other the bird. <laughs> At first it took me aback. That's how they greet each other. Then I thought that's actually kind of sweet. And the, the, the son and dad, I don't know, in a perverse sort of way, it cracked me up. But, but Kat Bailey saw that from him. She did. So exactly she said she that. Did. Not just that they had a funny ritual. Tell them how you she said did. it in the book, which, how she kind of couched it in funny terms. Oh, she said, she, she said, so he's showing me like the something that you guys do. And when you say good morning and she said, oh my gosh, but I, I can't, can't do it. I can't. And Annie said, no, no, you can, you can. She said, no, I can't. And then it's so cute to see on the video because she just kind of goes like this and then she holds up her middle finger and I, I just went, wow. And yeah, now, so everybody who's new to mediumship or, or all of us who just love these validations from across the veil, imagine you're the medium and you see the spirit doing this. Mediums don't think up these things. We're communicating with humorous, real still alive people. They just are no longer in a body, yet they can create the imagery of a body to right. create symbols and signs and do charades and show us exactly what they used to do because they're here. I thought that was fabulous. It, it was. And he yeah. didn't stop there. I mean, I think his words were, here's one from the other side, dad. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and using, using ways of referencing each other. And I think, you know, for me, at least my, my impression is when they use ways like, um, Andy always refers to Josh as, Hey, bud, calls him, Hey, bud. And those types of things that are very personal. Well, it, later on in that reading, there was another, another item. So as, as a, um, a film producer, as a director, Josh really enjoyed the show don't tell style of film, which means essentially you don't use a lot of dialogue, right? You don't use a lot of words. It's all visual. And that's actually how I found out that he had passed is I saw a picture of the accident in a local paper, which was, of course, as you can imagine, very, very difficult. So you wait, you Andy saw had... a picture in the paper before you were notified? Yeah. So there was a picture of the accident. So it had happened at 12 o'clock noon straight up. It was um, five o'clock in the evening. And one of Josh's friends uh, messaged me and said, have you heard from Josh? 
I remember I said, reading this, but I didn't make the time connection. Yeah, yeah. And I, Josh had just um, purchased the car the day before. And so I, I just pulled up social media and there it was. And of course that, oh. right. And you know, right. Yeah, it was, it was certainly not, not an easy thing. Um, but so later on in this reading with Kat, you know, Andy's, Andy's telling me about it on the phone and deer are very big. There's normally not a lot of deer in the area that we lived at the time. The morning of his accident, before it happened, I had run by where he eventually would lose his life. And there was a giant stag, I mean, very unusual for that location standing right there. And I thought, oh my gosh, um, one week prior, a mama deer and her two babies were standing there. And so deer have always been very big. So anyway, Andy's telling me this. And he said, you know, when Kat said that she thought that, that something distracted him, she felt like it was an animal. And actually in the reading with you, Suzanne, you said you were doing this with your head. He was looking. She did the same thing. He's looking. And she said, I think it's a large animal. And I said to Andy, I said, I wonder if it was a deer. No kidding. As soon as I said that, I pulled up social media and somebody had posted a funny meme. It was um, a pencil drawing in an insurance form. And it said, how to explain to your insurance company what happened. And it was a picture of a deer right in front of the of a car. And Man. the deer is going like this. The yeah. speedometer is going essentially the same speed that he should have been going on that street. And there's all sorts of things in the picture. And as soon as I say that to him, I see this and I'm like, there it is. Show don't tell. Wow. I remember that from the book, but you know, even though you read it, you hear it again and you can't help but be yeah. amazed and stunned and convinced really you can't make that yeah. stuff up and that's why you have the deer on the cover of your new book right yeah those those guys were taken by my we recently moved up um into the hills and i was out walking one evening and saw them and i thought you know that needs to be with the book um you know and it's it's interesting one of the things i would express to others is you know, here I was three years ago, again, very skeptical, right? I, I would have thought none of this was possible. And now I believe everything is possible. And, you know, we talk about the veil being very thin, um, you know, and you talk about them being right here. And I think every day I believe that's more and more true, that they are absolutely right here. And if you will allow yourself, and this is to anybody who's listening, if you will allow yourself to be a conduit, it's amazing what light you can bring. And as an example, I was meditating, talking to Josh one day, and I felt that somebody else came in. And he said, I have someone here. And when I say that I hear them, it's just a knowing. So I don't hear voices in my head. I don't hear anything like that. It's just suddenly you get this download of information. And it's- now that's, that's the purest kind of communication. It's our brain mm. that has to put this knowing into words. So you're yeah. skipping an unnecessary step that we can all eventually get to. That's wonderful. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Yeah, and so he said, oh, someone's here with me. Oh, 
okay. And so immediately it just started happening like this, right? I started getting the information and he said, yeah, he's a really cool guy. He loves to play Super Mario Brothers, just like I did. Because when Josh was younger, he loved the Nintendo games and, and what have you. And I saw these very vibrant, um, and I closed my eyes because I can still see it, very vibrant tracks if folks are familiar with that game. And I could see it. I'm like, oh, okay, why are you showing me this? And then suddenly this young man stepped forward. I could feel Josh step back and the young man stepped forward and he said, I'm Steven. And so I started writing it down. And as I'm writing it down, he said, no, no, not with a V. That's the American way. I'm from the UK. It's PH. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So I write that down. Then he starts showing me geometric shapes. He talks about um, a sister who plays piano and all this is just coming. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? And he said, ask Kat. So right after that, I sent an email off to Kat. I said, what do you know about a Steven? And she said, I'm gonna connect you with his mom. So I said, okay. So next thing I know, I'm getting an email from a lovely lady from over in the UK, whose son, Steven, with a who is Josh's age, who, with a PH, who died in the same way that Josh did oh, my in a car. Yeah. Super Mario Brothers, that game, was a huge joke within their family. And indeed, he had a sister who played piano and the geometric shapes that he had showed me um, and said, expressed uh, via the color yellow that mom was a teacher. That's kind of one of my things. I understand yellow is about teaching. Okay. And she said, oh, I'm a great school teacher. And she said, just the other day, we were learning about shapes. And she said, here's the drawing I did. And it was a beautiful geometric shape that he had showed me. And I'm bringing this up because... If we allow ourselves to listen and be open, others will use that conduit, right? And this, this beautiful woman who I had a chance to meet, she, she said, oh my gosh, I needed this so bad. I felt like Stephen hadn't been around lately. And so he understood that and he said, hey, I'm gonna use Josh's mom. Because yeah, we can tell she'll be able to see me just like the dad that dropped yeah. in on you that we talked about earlier. So yeah, you, yeah. You said that you were skeptical, that you didn't believe in an afterlife, and that everybody's listening and saying, wow, she's got this great connection. And this is what my main teaching is. We all have this ability, and it will open up just beautifully. You've taken classes, mm -hmm. you've, you've taken classes with me and probably others, and um, just keeps getting better, doesn't it? You know, and it does. And, and it, it, but I, I think the one thing is it has to be purposeful. So many times I've, you know, maybe been in a sad place. Oh, Josh, give me a sign, you know, give me this sign or that sign. And this is one thing that you had taught me early on. And, and you're absolutely spot on when we say, give me a sign, show me a this, or if you're here, do this. You know, if I was on the other side at the moment, I would be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, you know, I want to surprise you. Um, so, and this is I'm just kind of as a sidestep, um, I lead the Sacramento affiliation for helping parents heal. And one of the things I talk to that group about is let them show you what they're going to give you. That's right. Don't tell them I need this. I need a feather or I need a rock or whatever. Right. Let them develop what the sign is. Right. Yep. And so usually I'll say, just give me a sign. Whatever pops into your head, they're giving you that because they know you're going to see that. You right. know, you know, yeah. Cindy, I've, I've learned to make that story shorter. I used to say the idea was put in their head, you know, show me the sign of a, now we just say, just go direct to them. Josh, what sign are you going to send me? Boom. Then they put it in your head. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's great because and it's very true. It, it's very true. And I think, you know, whether we whether we state give me a X or Y or Z, it's, you know, all about our need to control because it's like this is scary or we don't know what's going on or we want to feel OK. Um, you know, and I think that as long as we can get to a place of we are OK, we're all OK, you know, and. Just give me, what are you going to show me today? To your point, what are you going to show me today, Josh? What do I need to understand? What do I need to see today? Um, what's my learning, right? Yeah. Um, so I know that's part of why you wrote the book, The Navigator. Um, you've done a really good job of not getting mired in the grief, yet it's very necessary to share that part of the journey. You, you did it very beautifully. What Besides sharing Josh's story, honoring his life, what was your main goal in writing the book to help in what way to help people? That's a really great question. It quite honestly, it initially started out. I didn't want to lose the memories of that time right after, right? Because when you've got that early grief, I was afraid of losing those moments. I was afraid of somehow something passing. So I just started writing everything down that I could. Um, and then I literally woke up one day and understood that it was supposed to be a book. And so many times I would come into my computer because gosh, before this, I've always loved to write, but I wouldn't have known how to put a book together. Um, I would sit at my computer and I would feel almost as if his hand was over mine. And I'd say, okay, I'm not where to go next. And then again, I would get those downloads. Here's where you need to go. Here's where you need to go. This is relevant. Nope, scrap that mom. That's, you don't, nobody cares about that. You know, put this in here. And so to answer your question a little bit more directly, we all have a journey, whether it's a child, whether it's a parent, a friend, we all experience the loss of a loved one. We all feel tremendously alone when that happens. And the primary goal of this book was a for people to say, wow, someone else understands. Yeah, okay, I was there. I get that. And well, hey, if if I can resonate with this woman, Cindy, who was a skeptic and and who went through that same feeling of grief and she can make that crosswalk over to this place. Maybe I can, too. And every person is drastically different. And the one hope is that there's one thing, even one tiny thing in this book that someone can that many people can resonate with and help light their journey forward. Um, and that's, that's the purpose of it. Um, well, it's, it's been proven that just reading the stories of other people of an afterlife or of connection across the veil opens us to the possibility of us having that experience. You have to be open to notice. You need to believe to connect more clearly. So yeah. open-minded and your book does that beautifully because your stories are so credible. And mind-boggling. It's wonderful. I love, I love how Josh has done that for you. Yeah, and I would just I would encourage everybody to who wants to have that connection to to sit and talk with them. And I think I wrote this down because I didn't I didn't want to forget this. This is something new that's come up for me, kind of a new tool I've used. It's incredibly important that when you see a sign, stop what you're doing and say, I see you. I say, I see you, Josh or I hear you. And even though they're aware of what we're doing and they can see that we see it by acknowledging that you're telling them that's a good way that I can hear you. Keep, yeah. keep doing that. 
Yeah. And so I've started, especially the HPH group. I'm like, okay, you guys got to get into a habit of doing this. That's helping parents to... heal for anybody that came in oh. late HPH helping parents heal.org. Check it out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just, I see you. I hear you. Thank you. And make that space to talk to them. Right. Mm -hmm. They, they're here. They see what you're doing. Um, you know, they're part of it probably more than they were when they were walking the earth. Cause as we're, when we're all here in this, this story that we're living, we're so distracted by everything. And, you know, I, I, I do believe, I mean, I go past believing to knowing that they absolutely are right here and continuing this journey with us. Not that they don't have their own journey, but they're continuing. Yep. And I think that's another point I would want to share with everyone. Yep. One is if, Often, often I hear from parents, they say, and again, this isn't just about grieving parents. It can, it can be for anyone that, especially with the new year, I hear, I've heard a lot of, well, I feel like I'm leaving them further behind. I'm leaving them further behind. And I say, well, think about it this way. I think about my, my youngest son who just turned 20, who's, who's still here in the human story. And I say, well, in the last three years, he's moved forward. He's changed. He's grown he has evolved here. Why would I think that Josh hasn't as well? That's right. Probably quite quite quickly. Yeah. And so, you you can't you can't continue. You shouldn't con continue to connect with who they were then because they're they're far past that. Yeah. Seek yeah. to build a new relationship, right? Seek to build that new relationship. It's a new relationship. It's beautiful, and that's what I tell everybody. You move forward with them. Yes. They'll show up as you remember them when you cross the veil, even if it's 50, 60 years from now, they'll appear and you'll know who they are at a soul level, but then they'd be just morph into however you all want to look, but you move yeah. forward together. That's a really good point. And I'm so glad you made that. Anything else you wrote down that you wanted to be sure to talk about before we. Um, I, I think I would say it just, it goes back to, I, I hear a lot of, a lot of folks say, well, gosh, I don't see the feathers or the coins or, you know, whatever sign, please, please, please do not compare yourself with anyone else hmm. because instead ask your loved one or think about who they were and look for signs in that fashion. Josh uses music a lot. He magically, and I, I call it magic. And I, I know I captured this um, an epilogue of the book. You probably know what I'm going to talk about real quick that he somehow, um, got music to play through my iPhone when nothing else was going. And it was a song that was very special to us. And I have over 140 songs on my phone. When the, the, the song started playing, I hadn't initiated anything and it was only showing one of one song. <laughs> and just those magical moments where he knew I would hear that, it was that connection, heart connection. So please don't compare yourself to anyone else ever. You, it's your own journey. And make it about you and your loved one and what you're going to do together and how you're going to grow together and thrive together. Um, and just don't compare with others' journeys because yours is your own. Beautiful. Wow. Well, I can't thank you enough for writing the book to share with others your story, your journey, and Josh's beautiful energy and for coming on the show to share with us today. Yeah. Do you have a website for the book? I don't, but I'm told that I need to get one. So I'm going to absolutely do that. And, and I would just, I would share that um, anyone who's part of helping parents heal, who purchases the book, hundred percent of the proceeds of the book go right back to helping parents heal. So I've been trying to encourage folks. You got to let me know though, that you bought it. So I know that I can donate it back in your name. So um, 
So it's available on Amazon or other sites that sell books. And the, any proceeds that go to Helping Parents Heal help to provide scholarships for parents to go to the every other year conferences, which is just a beautiful goal. It yeah. is. It is. Wonderful. All right, Cindy. Well, best to you. And thank you so thank much. You. And thank you, Josh, thank you. for helping us all to know those who have passed are still right here. Yay. Beautiful. Okay, everybody. I hope that you found these messages of hope uplifting. I hope you'll come back to join us. I have a couple more great guests coming up. Dr. Jude Curavan to talk about the latest in information on consciousness. Jonathan and Andy Goldman about sound energy healing. So if you want to be notified of shows that are coming up, go to my website, SuzanneGiesman.com. Let's see. Where's my website? Let's see. And check the page for the podcast, you can fill out a little form there and we'll send you an email in advance whenever we're going to have a new podcast coming up so you can join us live like many of you did today. So anyway, go out and start making 2023 one of the best years ever. All right. Take care. Mm -hmm. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.